eight, seven, six, five, Slow four, down. three, two, one. All right, we are live. Hey, everybody, Josh Sigerton of World Alternative Media here. And of course, we are joined by Tim Pachote of the Liberty Advisor. And we, of course, are also joined once again by Chris Karabatz, uh, who I'm glad is joining us with an awesome background up on the screen there. Everything and is fine. Every, everything is Everything fine. is awesome. Everything and, is you know, we have a really good show again for you guys today. One might say it's depressing, but I think we uh, bat through the weeds a little bit here and we get to the positives out of this situation. We need to understand the negatives to, um, you know, attack uh, or to create the positives. And look, uh, if you guys haven't already, make sure to hit that like button and check those links below and comment and all of that um, fun stuff. We're going to get right into the articles here. Um, if we can pull up the first article on the screen, as it says out of NBCnews.com, it says U.S. jobless claims reached 26 million since coronavirus hit, wiping out all gains since the 2008 recession. And I quote, the doors are still closed. There is still no smoke coming out of the chimneys in corporate America. It's not surprising that you continue to see significant layoffs said one economist. Now, I do want to note that um, the so-called gains since 2008 are a little bit uh, over-exaggerated. I mean, there were obviously, it's it's hard not to go up from bottom. But with that said, uh, if you looked at the labor force participation rate, we had a very, very skewed jobs numbers over the last several years. Of course, I debated um, Stephen Moore, who's one of the president's advisors last July on this. And he said everything would be wonderful and we don't have to worry about negative well, here, interest rates or anything like that. And here's the other thing is, so if you had one job as an Uber driver, another job as a waitress, and maybe you've got a third job, you know, as a bar back or something now we've got three jobs but let's say before 2008 let's say you had one really great job you know paying ninety thousand dollars a year well now that would have gamed the system to count as three jobs versus one but on the way down it's the same thing so so it counts as losing three jobs to the economy when it might just be one person but they they rig it on the way up and i'm sure now that same rigging on the way up is coming to bite them in the butt oh. on the way the, yeah. These are the these are theoretically the jobless claims. So this is one person for one person. So they might have had three jobs going up, but it's one person going down, and that would actually be the other way around. And 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 as a note, when they say you know all the gains since the two thousand eight recession, uh, recession, they really mean we now have fewer people working than we're working at the bottom of the two thousand eight recession. Mm -hmm. That means from the very worst point in 2008, there are fewer people actually working right now, which- But Steve Mnuchin answer. says the unemployment rate is irrelevant. So I guess it doesn't really even matter. It's, it's irrelevant to him when he's on welfare, but um, I do want to, and we'll get further into this in just a moment here, but I do want to bring up uh, the UK as well. Obviously we have a lot of viewers out of the UK and this article is four days old. However, I think it's important to bring up UK unemployment rate at record high before lockdown. And- I find this uh, interesting because the UK was, uh, again, before the lockdown, the UK has been dealing with unbelievable unemployment problems for a long time now. Uh, they had one of the worst, um, as far as first world countries, one of the worst rates for uh, children going hungry. 
Um, they, the rate of children showing up at schools without lunch was absolutely astonishing. And now we're looking at what, what will this mean for the UK if, if, they're, if they were at a record high unemployment rate or a record high employment rate um, before the lockdown, they say, well, this is great. Uh, everything is wonderful. Everything is fine. Yet the poverty was so unbelievably terrible. And again, like most countries, they hide the number in the labor force participation rate. Um, I find this to be a little bit uh, more evidence of the skewed numbers that we um, witness on a regular basis. It's kind of like how we keep hearing um, how the stock market is going to skyrocket in the next couple of weeks because, you know, there's all this sentiment because it's low and all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, the stock market goes up, but then people are more impoverished than they have been in years. People have no jobs. People have no ability to work right now. How good, how, how real are the numbers? when you just look at the reality on the ground of people lined up outside of banks, which is what I'm seeing here in Mexico. I have to ask you guys, with everything we're witnessing uh, with employment, and Tim, if you could bring up that GIF that we've shown a few times uh, while, while I ask. Um, again, this is the US weekly initial jobless claims in the thousands seasonally adjust. And this, uh, this is uh, from about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And just look at that, that's one week. I mean, Huge. it's absurd. It's huge. But I mean, seriously, people are suffering and uh, they're they're pretending that the piss is rain. And at this point, it's just like, how, how long can people last without a job before it really causes a bigger tremor and people start riding in the streets? What do you think? Oh, is that, Chris, you want to take that one? <laughs> uh, this, this is, we, dead air is the worst. We, we, don't want that at all but this is this is awful because so many people like you look at all the 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 people in the media and the celebrities and whatnot going oh i mean just you know stay at home watch netflix order your pizza like all right you're rich you're well off or me i mean you know i work out of my home anyway you know if i mm -hmm. had a bad week this might not look any different from my normal week who knows yeah. um but for you know the average person out there, it's not about going to Fuddruckers or going to get a haircut. It's about putting food on your table. It's about whether or not you can pay your rent. It's about whether or not you can pay your electric bill, whether or not you can even pay for your Netflix subscription. I know that that's the low bar, but whatever. Um, and by the way, I'm surprised anyone goes to Fuddruckers, but this is news to me, but uh, thanks. Carry on, sorry. That, 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 this whole thing was the first time I'd heard the word Fuddruckers and I don't even know how long, but that just shows who I am, I guess. Um, Not a good place if you want, if you don't want the coronavirus, that, those open trays of stuff. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, I could go off on a ramp that whole guy going viral <laughs> eating soup at a grocery store straight from the <laughs> labels before great. all this started like uh yeah. bat, yeah, bat, so, bat soup no. yeah yeah bat soup exactly um but this is you know this is hitting so many people i mean i personally know people with small businesses who've had to lay off everybody they just made big investments all of their stock is now just useless and will be useless no matter how long this takes so they've just wasted all this investment all this effort they put into their business and setting up a life for their family for their children is just gone and shot all because the government says everybody has to stay home all because you know, Michigan and my governor wouldn't even let us go buy seeds from Walmart. I mean, it's, it, it's amazing how much they were locking us down and it is ruining lives. And, you know, right yeah, and, now, and you know what, in Michigan, you know, your governor is in a lot of hot water right now. She, uh, people are not liking her right now. There's a lot of people I've, I've heard of a couple protests out there anyway. And if it was yeah, in Detroit, it'd be very like lead filled, dirty, hot water too. But that, that's uh, Flint. That's Flint. <laughs> Flint. Okay. <laughs> 
but no actually there is a whole bunch of hot water because theoretically she doesn't have the right to extend the order past april 28th i just got the emergency alert on my phone yesterday saying we extended to may 15th and the local uh, house which is run by republicans of course and the governor here is a democrat uh, but the local house actually is, is voted to revoke those rights but she's going to veto that revocation. It, it's it's all kinds of messy up here in michigan um you know that being said a whole bunch of old folk of folks have died up here they're you know got into an old folk home in my town and wiped out half the people there it's it's actually pretty ugly for those people um mm -hmm. so i'm not trying to minimize that or minimize the very real impact it's having on people's lives but you can't pretend that this is without cost. You can't just say, oh, what's the big deal? All you racists protesting this, you know, it's yeah. the same, you know. I mean, how could, how could people ignore the economic consequences? And, and I think uh, my answer to that would immediately be that most people have absolutely no idea what the economic consequences are. Well, they don't understand economics. Yeah. I mean, you know, people don't realize that most major cities have maybe 72 hours of food. So if, if the, all that actually shut down and the supply chain was seriously damaged, people would be starving within three days in major cities. Mm -hmm. And people just don't think about that. They think, well, just, you know, give them stimulus checks. That's all you need, right? Well, you can't eat stimulus checks. You know, we're not dumping milk on the water. We're not killing chickens. We're not throwing away vegetables because people aren't, don't need them. We're throwing them away because the supply chain in between those vegetables coming out of the ground and that milk being milked and your table is broken right now. That's the reason that stuff is being thrown away. And people, this is, will have real effect on people's lives. And we're just hitting the start of it now. We're still working through a lot of the inventory we've had on hand. And if this keeps going on, which it, thankfully it looks like it's not because several states are rebelling against this. But if it were to keep going on, I mean, there should have serious consequences, not just for the people who have spent their lives building up little small businesses, but for everyday people not being able to get the food they need on their table. Right. And, and before we go to Tim, I want him to pull up this article here on this next one. And I know it's out of the New York Times. It's complete trash. I'm just going to read the, uh, the headline um, of this article. And I think it's important to factor into um, all of this. It says, instead of coronavirus, the hunger will kill us. Uh, a global food crisis looms. The world has never faced a hunger emergency like this, experts say. It could double the number of people uh, facing acute hunger to 265 million by the end of this year. Now, um, leave it to government to um, cause a massive population of starving people to double in a very short amount of time. And people will say, oh, it's a virus. It's a virus. Well, the virus is a catalyst for something that the government set up in the first place. It's a very weak system. It's a very delicate system. And that system is based on fraud and it's fake and it's manipulated and it's centralized and it's it's completely bogus. And here's the thing. I mean, we're witnessing a complete change of the guard here. This is the greatest uh, depression, I believe, in history. Uh, we, I mean, think of long-term scenario here. Um, when people have all lost their jobs, just being able to boot it back up. It's not like you turn off the computer and turn it back on and everything's fine. This is going to take a long time and the economic consequences will lead to a lot of deaths uh, outside of the what the coronavirus can cause. This can cause way more deaths. Childhood poverty is a huge cause of death. Um, you know, poverty in general is a huge cause of death. It also leads to drug abuse. It, it leads to crime. It leads to divide. It leads to people fighting. And it, it, this is one of the things that I'm really concerned about going forward. And um, one of the things I've been asking is, how long will this go on? How long can this persist? Is there literally any way 
for this to improve in like a two, three year time. Tim, what do you think? Well, it's funny because Ben Bernanke was saying that it was going to be like a two week time period. That's just a snowstorm. It's just going to blow over. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you said two to three years. I mean, it, I mean, it depends who you're talking about, but I mean, the average person out there who had a really good job that got shut down, uh, you know, the odds of them being able to find that type of job, you know, especially if they're, you know, like 62 years old or something. I mean, you're, if you're making a hundred grand, you got laid off at 62, you know, good luck trying to, you know, get something like that going again. Uh, and, and I do have empathy with them because, you know, of what happened, you know, from basically the government when I, in order for me to give a speech in 2018 at the very top of, of, of crypto, I wanted to give a talk on how they could sell their Bitcoin. And my broker dealer at the time banned every advisor in America. So I decided as quickly, uh, not to make this about me, but just so that I've got the empathy of what's going on. So I just quickly decided, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll pay this big fine. I'll do whatever, you know, I, I will, I will do what I need to do. Uh, but then the government of Arizona decided to wait like six months to give me a freaking, uh, uh, I almost said Fred Ruckers over there, but they gave, to give me just a, uh, all I needed to get was a fingerprint card. They wouldn't give it to me. And so essentially I was out of business for almost all of 2018, which is funny because now like the tables have turned and now like I'm already set up working virtually because of basically what the government put me through to begin with. So I have a lot of empathy of what's going on, but you know, now should be a time if you are stuck home, learn a skill. I mean, don't just sit around watching Netflix. I haven't turned on Netflix once. I haven't turned on my TV once. Uh, but here's the thing though, Tim. And I mean, like, and I 100% agree that we should be doing that and utilizing the time to the best of our ability. The thing is right now we have people that are hungry. Like they, they, they literally, if they wanted to try and learn a skill, they couldn't. They're, they're in their home trying to feed their family and they have no way to feed them right now. And in many cases, and what I'm seeing around here in Mexico is they're walking around the streets um, literally with no other choice usually working uh, mothers and stuff with no other choice but to go up to people walking down the street and beg them for money. And it's a really sad thing to watch. And obviously this has always been the case. There's always been this situation, but it's on steroids right now. And people have to wonder, like these people are desperate. How long can it possibly go on? How can it, how long can it, they push this situation off before there's some kind of retribution? There's some kind of uh, changing of the guard. Well, when people have nothing to lose, you know, they, they lose it as what Gerald Salente would say. And I think that this also kind of pretends into how much tyranny you get as a, as a country and the amount of tyranny you get is the amount of tyranny you put up with. And so people are pretty resilient people. People can deal with a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, the human body can go through a lot. Uh, I mean, luckily, you know, a lot of Americans are really overweight and have, you know, quite a bit of weight to lose. So, uh, you know, I guess if there's any, you know, side effect to having, you know, a, you know, a pretty obese, overweight nation as a whole, obviously communism, not talking about our- the best weight loss plan ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Com- yeah, communism is a great weight loss weight loss plan. Uh, not you know, not to you know, make a, a joke, but the amount of tyranny you're going to get is the amount that you put up with, and the amount. And until people start fighting back, and, and people say, you know what, I'm just going to start opening my business, and uh, you know, if the police want to come and arrest me, come and arrest me. Until that starts going on, and it's just everybody, and then eventually the police can't just arrest everybody, or else people start going and and offensively going at the police. I mean, because ultimately the only reason this is able to go on is because men in shiny badges will come and give you a citation and if you try to fight that then they'll then it keeps escalating and escalating and escalating to eventually yeah. you know you could you could die uh and, and just yesterday i live a basically a quarantine lifestyle I live out pretty you know uh you know far out and, and they're basically south vegas but i live in phoenix mm-hmm. uh and I, and yesterday was the first time I decided that I would, you know, I decided that I would drink a little bit and that I would walk to actually a bar that was close. I'm an Ironman triathlete, so I'm, I can walk places. So I walked about a mile to get to a bar, but I, I called ahead and ordered my food. And when I got there, I was like, okay, well, I'll order a beer. 
and there's like a back patio area area there's people there drinking beer and they go well sorry you are your food's already ready because you called ahead so we can't serve you a beer because this little citation over here from the police department so i'm like wait because i ordered my food ahead of time i can't get a beer but if i like this is and you know what they would have done in Mexico and what they have been doing? They would have been like, oh, but here's a way to mitigate this. Here's some apple slices. Now you can you can drink because laws are easy to get around. I do want to note something. And by the way, uh, yesterday, uh, Tim didn't want to drink alone. And we were on the phone. And it was it, so it, we we don't have to worry about that anymore. But uh, hey, I, I do want to mention a uh, comment in the chat here. And with uh, great respect, CCCCC Clark, um, uh, I, I understand what you're saying and you're thinking outside of the box here, but he says everyone can plant a potato to which I said at an apartment. Also they're banning seeds left and right. And honestly, I think this is one of the best examples of, you know, how agenda 2030 plays out in a situation like this, where everyone's in big cities and no one can fend for themselves and therefore they're dependent on government. And uh, he does bring up, you know, yes, in a five gallon bucket, you can plant a potato. Okay. Yeah, you can, but how many meals will that serve and how long until you harvest? I mean, it's not something that is just easy to uh, switch around. You have to understand most of the public is extremely dependent. It's just a fact. It's a sad fact, but it's a fact nonetheless. And um, it's easier said than done like anything else. And uh, I just don't think it's as easy as just saying, you know, <clears throat> plant a potato and, uh, you know, grow your own in your apartment in a five gallon bucket. That's a good idea, but also not. Yeah, it's not. And it's not easy to do like the first time you're learning all this stuff. I mean, I'm like relearning how to grow things aeroponically because uh, I haven't done it in five years. But if, if you just try going at it the first time in a crisis, so the time to learn this stuff is like years ago. And so now if you're trying to learn it uh, and it doesn't work out or you did something wrong or the pH of the soil isn't, isn't balanced out correctly. Right. Uh, it, so it can get pretty nerdy with this stuff real quickly. And so uh, and then, you know, that, of course, you know, that first thing you grow is going to cost you like, you know, like a $500 tomato or something. But uh, it's it is important. We were called conspiracy theorists and we were called fear mongers telling people mm -hmm. that they should be prepared for this stuff years ago. Uh, you know, I bought masks and hazmat suits. And actually, How dare just, we say that people should be independent and, you know, responsible. It's terrible. And actually, just yesterday, I was cleaning my house and I found an extra month of food uh, supply like underneath <laughs> my bed. So I'm like, only, of course, you know, nice. only. Yeah, only only guys like us can just like I'm just cleaning first like, oh. world problems. And and by the way, I do want to go to um, Chris over this um, regarding before we get into our next subject, which will be into real estate and all that kind of stuff. I do want to ask um, Chris, what do you think of you know the dependency of people today? I mean, th this is a big factor when it comes to uh, you know being self sustainable, dealing with an economic crisis. People tend to be largely, by and large, very dependent compared to the way the you know the old days. I, I agree that it's a problem. I mean, I myself, you know, I get my uh, milk from about a mile down the road. I get my eggs from a couple miles down where I am. I've gotten all my beef and my lamb and my chickens from similar local stores. So I try to make sure that I'm as not dependent as possible. But that took time to build up. It's like if this suddenly happened and I had no preparation, then like I'd be SOL. But, you know, it's right. Like, yeah, you can grow your potatoes in a You can actually grow quite a decent garden if you have a little bit of a patio on an apartment. But it takes planning and it takes time. This is not something that you can start now and have food next week. This is something you start now and you're going to be ready in the fall and in the spring, depending on where you are. Mm -hmm. Like you guys down in warmer climates, you have a lot more flexibility in this. Me, it'll all die in the winter. Um, so this is something that I think we all do need to take responsibility for ourselves. I mean, there's one thing about the distribution of labor. Capitalism is big on specialization. Don't waste time doing something you're not good at when somebody else can do it better, easier, faster than you. But 
that's why all of our meds are now made in China and India and we can't get any antibiotics. Yeah. You know, that that's it's important that, yeah, there's a certain amount of lost productivity we should accept so that we have a little bit of self-sufficiency. There's a balance there. And one of those things that you can do is, is not necessarily self-sufficient, but locally sufficient. Mm. You need to meet your neighbors, know who your neighbors are. This guy is going to you know, have beehives. He's going to raise any, that guy's going to have zucchinis and cauliflowers and whatnot. You're going to have chickens in your backyard. You know, you don't do it all yourself. You can save a lot of time and effort by doing things with your neighbors because, you know, yeah, we're all rugged individualists, blah, blah, blah. I say this as I'm doily sitting in my basement working on my computer, but <laughs> we you know we need to deal with the community we everything is better with a community and that's what we need to do yeah. as people who do not believe the state has all the answers we need to prove that by cooperating with our neighbors by yeah. cooperating with our local community and working together to solve these problems right. no we no, don't need to live grow- by example and not in, not an enforced community at gunpoint just us yes. getting together and saying wow these are big problems let's solve these problems yeah, and your local community knows how to solve your local problems better than the people either in your state capital or even worse, Washington, D.C., or wherever your capital is for wherever you are. And, you know, one of the things like talking about, I mentioned a little bit ago about how this will go on only until people object to it. That reminded me of an article. I don't think I even shared this with you guys before, but a couple of days ago, you know, this mother in Idaho was arrested for going to a playground with her kid. Yeah. And after she was arrested the local community then showed up and started surrounding the home of the police officer who arrested her yeah our friend ammon bundy was the one that put on that uh that yeah. protest and uh ammon bundy is one of the smartest people i've ever interviewed uh if you haven't seen our interview with him from last year i definitely recommend it i'm talking with him right now and he might be on in the next week so uh but hopefully we can work that out but that is a kind of community gathering that i like to see and there's a whole bunch of keyword keyboard warriors online who are on the live streams going you're a part of the problem and I looked at the reactions to their comments and like 90% were laughing reacts to their absurdity. And this really tells you how things are changing and how people are starting to wake up because when they're in a situation where they have no money and they have no job and they have nowhere to go to buy food. And if they do, they ha- they're they like basically in a police state where they have police out there demanding you wear this and go in this way and only 1% of time and food rationing and stuff like that, like out of a communist country. People are eventually going to bite back. It's only going to take, a, it's only about a matter of time before, before people say, I'm sick of being used, abused, and pushed around for over a thing that very likely the government created in the first place, by the way. And by the way, um, I do want to let everyone know to hit that like button if you haven't already and share on social media. It helps us get around the shadow banning. Helps a lot. I do want to, before we get into the next subject here, do a big shout out to Chester Wolf, the Griffin, who sent $5 in the super chat and says, I like that background. The building is on fire. Your boss says the fire is four floors down. All uh, you all can keep working. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Everything is just wonderful. Everything is fine. Just put some disinfectant on it. No. Right. <laughs> right. No, you got to inject it. Um, but I, anyway. haven't seen, I haven't seen any press conferences ever of any of these. So I actually feel pretty good about myself. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I, we really appreciate those super chats that go a long way and hitting that like button helps a lot too with the algorithm as we are obviously shadow banned to say the least. But uh, I do want to get into the next subject matter here um, out of this MSN.com article as it says, which was originally um, from Bloomberg. It's an aggregate after all. It says, Barrick says real estate in chaos as laws waived on rent. 
and debt. And I quote, we haven't had a crisis like this, Barrick, chief executive officer. Of and just people, just so people know that that's not, that's not Barack Obama. Just so people know it's, it's yeah. Tom Barrick. So yeah. People okay. might be, might <laughs> it is be, good to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it says, and I quote, we haven't had a crisis like this, Barrick, chief executive officer of Colony Capital Inc. said in an interview Friday on Bloomberg television, we've never had one where we just have a government taking uh, of, of revenue. Um, I, I don't think government's going to solve this problem, but surely there's a lot of people freaked out right now, especially with businesses lost too. I mean, there's also 43% of businesses polled say they cannot survive without a government handout. I believe a lot less of that will uh, survive. And honestly, the handouts are not efficient. You're printing currency. It's just, we could talk about all that later on, but I want to jump into the next article that um, pertains to this as well, as far as the housing market goes. Out of CCN, as it says, the housing market is edging dangerously close to a $1 trillion reckoning as mortgage forbearances rocket nearly $1 trillion in unpaid principal for housing market loans is another toxic asset bubble about to pop. And we can't forget Airbnb either, where we have uh, 30 to 60 super hosts out there that all have um, you know, all these mortgages and they have no cash flowing in. They're running out of cash. They're basically that. I mean, imagine a bubble that big. I mean, there's oh, my, literally their cash was just wiped out. It's gone. It's, well, my, my it decision. Yeah. My decision to uh, rent two years ago and sell my home is looking uh, better and better uh, right about now. But <laughs> a few uh, people called you crazy, didn't they? Yeah. My ex-wife called me crazy too. So no. Uh, well, anyway, they, well, yeah, that, so. that tends to happen. Uh, but Hey, know. so I wanted to hear your, your guys' thoughts on the real estate market right now, obviously a hyper-localized issue, but nonetheless, we're seeing very similar stories pop up across the board all over the world. We had all these massive bubbles, Vancouver, Toronto, Seattle, Dallas, uh, LA, San, San Francisco, all these places. Uh, New York is a good example. I mean, New York City is ridiculous. Uh, almost everyone that's walking around the city or working in the city doesn't actually live in Manhattan. They, they live in the Bronx. They live in parts of Brooklyn, which are being gentrified as well. So you can't even afford to live in Brooklyn. Or Jersey. And, or Jersey, yeah. The, the people are living in Philadelphia and driving every day or taking uh, Uber every day to New York City. I mean, it's just, wow. it's ridiculous. And how, how can you afford that? Same with LA. I was talking with a friend who was in San Francisco last year and I went to his little house or little apartment and it was a nice place, but it was like one bedroom. And I, I'm like, how much are you paying for this? And he's like, he's first, he's like, well, to be clear, we have rent control here. So it's not as bad. I'm like, okay, all right. How much are you paying? $3,600 a month. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why? Why don't you just, you can save money by living like way out of town and driving and spending a fortune on gas every day compared to that. Like why? And it's just the conditions that people well, are- now, now, they'll pay, now they'll pay you to drive. No, just kidding. No. Right. But it's <laughs> just unbelievable. I mean, I guess ride sharing could help with that, but it's just unbelievable um, how much people are paying for homes all over the place uh, throughout the world. And we are seeing something come to fruition here. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on how this is going to affect all these housing bubbles and how long do we have until we see this burst? Because it seems to be very delayed at this moment. Um, I'm going to, I guess I'll jump to Tim first. I mean, I think it's all really going to start eventually when the pensions eventually burst. And a lot of what my Anarchapoca presentation had to deal with was first the investment grade bond bubble bursting, which is exactly what we saw happen, except we didn't actually see the fallout from it because the Fed came in and quote unquote, you know, saved the day. And so absent the Fed doing that, it would have been like complete Armageddon. And so, uh, and now they did step in quickly. I'm not crediting them because they're the, you know, like one of the articles said, you know, they are the arsonist and the firefighters at the same time, but 
that is then going to pretend into other er- bleed into other areas. So a place like Illinois, they had 25% pension funding before all this. And that's even with the rigged numbers they use anyways. There is no math, no anything in the world that's ever going to save that. If you are living in Illinois right now and think, you know, like, especially if you're like you're 28 years old and you're a teacher, take this as financial advice. I know I'm not supposed to say this, but move out of there. Like you would have to be an idiot to live in Illinois right now and be like under 30 years old or under 45 years old and working in a public pension job, thinking you're going to get anything because you're not, even if you're 65, you're probably great. You might still get, there's probably what's going to happen is the fed is going to have to come in and they're going to say, okay, well, Illinois, you know, in order to get your pension shortfall, you know, here's, you know, two trillion dollars but then what happens when it happens to you know someplace in new jersey and then what happens when it happens to someplace in connecticut or what happens when it starts happening in you know i'm sure in michigan probably isn't great either and then it's going to start bleeding out and then that is then because how this is different than 2008 in 2008 the oldest baby boomers were just turning 62 years old now those oldest baby boomers are 74 well this year they're not forced to take from their retirement accounts but generally speaking you know once you're now they actually just changed the law so now it's 72 so once you start I think it's 72. It was 70 and a half. Actually, the April 1st, after you turn 70 and a half, really stupid. But anyways, uh, I think it's 72 now. And so they now that they make you start taking money out, now, not only are they, I mean, even though the government's like, okay, great, you don't take your money out. Well, guess what? Most baby boomers, just like most people in general, just like most companies in general, just like most cities, states, municipalities in general have no money. And so the only people that have money is the Fed because it is printed out of thin air. And it's not even our money. It's their money that we have to pay interest on for money that never existed. So I think it's the, the crisis is going to start in places like Chicago or Chirac is like the call. And then it's going to then bleed out everywhere because there's no way to plug that hole. Even if we get like t- the market goes up like 10% a year and it, it doesn't even, you know, there is no crashes, no recession. Sessions like Janet Yellen told us like three years ago, there's no way to fix it. The math doesn't work. Uh, and but that's gonna be everywhere. And so even if every pension was hundred percent funded before all this, I think they'd still be screwed based upon demographics because the, the, the generations below the baby boomers, now besides the millennials, are t- slightly bigger than uh you know, bigger than the baby boomers, but you know, we're out here uh you know busy eating eating tide pods. I'm saying we because you know Josh and I are technically millennials, just making a joke about that. Yeah, I've we're not we're not eating seven today. I'm I'm not I'm not happy about it. I, I can't say that I'm not a little bit ashamed, but you know, the, the TV says so. So Trump, I, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I wasn't I wasn't even like planning on going there, but it's funny that, that we accidentally yeah, it was misquoted to be clear, it was Very misquoted. Mis- but, yes. Uh, yeah, but anyway, it's yeah. I just figured the people that <laughs> the people that hate him are gonna figure out a way to hate him. The people that like him are gonna find a way to like him. So it's confirmation yeah. bias. That's one of the biggest diseases we face today, and one of the reasons we see the perpetuation of BS left and right is people the bread and circuses and people war over each other. They're divided. They attack each other while the people in power watch down on them, rub their hands together, laugh and grin and and scoff at our stupidity. Well, and, speaking uh, of BS, yeah. Speaking of BS, you know this nation is turning into a nation of Bernie Sanders. And so when you want to have the Santa Claus economics of, oh, everything is free. So let's just think of the time bomb that's sitting here. So we've got, you know, we could be at a $4 trillion deficit this year, which I also talked about in my Anarchapoco speech about once. I'm like, if we're running these deficits during good times, as soon as things change, it's going to go from trillion dollar deficit to $2 trillion, to $3 trillion, to $4 trillion. And I said this, you know, like literally 10 days before the, the thing absolutely uh, collapsed. But absent the Fed coming in and buying investment grade bonds, buying junk bonds, this would be, the Dow would probably be at like six thousand by now mad max type scenario and you know the last thing people would care about is you know the stupid you know uh supposed right. uh you know coronavirus thing and, and by the way what that. is the dow at right now 
Uh, I mean, I think it was like around like 23. I mean, I, I pay attention more to the S&P 500, but let's uh, let's go pull it up right now. And and while you're looking that up, uh, 20, I to... 20, it's almost 24. So 23,775. Wow. So, uh, Chris, I wanted to hear, I mean, obviously being in Michigan, you guys have um, a history of uh-huh. uh, economic uh, issues, to say the least. And I wanted to ask, um, as far as what we're seeing with the housing bubbles bursting and, and uh, the potential that that leads to, uh, what you're seeing there and what do you think of this whole uh, crisis? Well, it wasn't until last year that Michigan population levels got to pre-2008 crisis levels. So it took us this whole last decade to even get just, just pure population numbers up to where it was. And well, this isn't gonna help that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because we still are, are heavily in with the auto, the big three here, um, this is going to completely screw with, I mean, cars are not moving right now mm-hmm. and modern cars last quite a while. And I cannot see that with an economic downturn, a, the, you know, the great suppression, whatever you want to call it, yeah. that they will recover quickly from this because the last thing you want to do is get into a seven year loan on some new car that you'll be underwater on in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And that whole market just needs a complete adjustment at this point, And they're going to be hurting for a long time. And that means all of Michigan is going to be hurting for a long time. I mean, I know several people who, you know, they're, they're still not employed, but they are doing literally nothing because they work in industry. You know, they don't work directly for the big three, but they work for subcontracting firms, one, two, three layers down. And it is going to be really ugly up here. Um, I mean, houses aren't moving. I mean, not again. This would be peak time right now, as the snow has melted and the weather's starting to get a little bit nice. Even though it just snowed like two days ago, it sucks. Um, and we're really ready for it to be done. And... I'm from Winnipeg, Canada. I know well of all that nonsense. <laughs> and the um, and, and it's just it's not happening. There's a couple houses that have moved like sight unseen around here, but you know, Michigan is hurting. And we just voted ourselves in the super, you know, Democrat governor here who is making Michigan the hardest hit state, you know, one of the hardest hit states just from suppression viewpoint in the country. And Sounds I don't like know the what's definition of insanity. I mean, I'll be honest. I had, you know, if this hadn't happened, I would have hopefully had my house sold already and already been down into Texas. Like I was, that was my plan for this spring and this, you know, I can't sell my house right now. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely insane. And, and also, I mean, if we're talking about auto, the auto bubble as well, it's interesting. It's a very similar bubble in the sense that we have a very manipulated market. We have crazy auto back securities um, and, and you see the banking system completely entrenched. You see a ton of financing and you see a ton of debt in, you know, uh, correlated with that with that issue as well and i i just can't believe that um people are so willing to repeat history so often i mean we literally saw saw this like 12 years ago and uh, 13 12 years ago and and it's like oh everyone's forgotten and they i remember reporting in 2012 that we're getting into that shady territory again and people were going oh what are you talking about that's never going to happen i'm like it at that time i'm like it just happened four years ago how can i mean it's amazing how short people's memories are with this subject yeah i mean we've been talking about the subprime auto market market for years now and how that's getting to scary territories even before all this had started we were already to, you know, record number of 90 day delinquencies in the subprime right. auto market. I mean, this is, you know, billions and I mean, billions and billions of, do- of dollars in this. 
I mean, the very first time I ever appeared on Wham, like uh, underneath my own video, it was an Anarchizona speech. I think I gave April 2nd last year, and I had that 90-day delinquent thing as part of the presentation. Uh, and, and that was during the greatest economy in the history of the world. So I'm like, why is, is the greatest economy in the history of the world? Why is there a record amount of people 90 days behind on their payment? And think about payments. I mean, the two payments people are, I mean, let's say if there's three payments people are going to make, it's probably their phone, their car, and their house. And so, uh, you know, if you all of a sudden you stop making the car payment, I mean, that's a pretty big one because then that but now people don't even need their car to get to their job because they don't have a job and so i mean for me i mean i'm driving like a 2011 you know hyundai and i'm just waiting for the real for the collapse so i can buy a, a truck cheap and then maybe maybe eventually they'll get a, a cyber truck too with that ends up becoming a thing yeah you got to get a cyber truck that's the thing now yeah I, especially like in like a, a mad max scenario that we're going into i feel like the cyber truck is like quite the i actually really want it I, it's been a controversial issue for a lot of the wham audience but i kind of want a cyber truck but sorry go ahead yeah, no, I, I I want one too. I mean, just think of like all the capabilities that it has, and that it's you know uh, suppose. I mean, I don't know unless you. I guess you throw you know uh, that one thing that cracked the windshield. But so as long well, as we, no one takes ball giant ball bearings at full me. Full disclosure: we may have gotten a small payment from Tesla. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do I do have I do have clients that own that own Tesla. Yeah. Uh, but I it was it was unsolicited buys, and and to, to be fair to me, I honestly thought I never thought it was going to go above like the 420. What 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 would he say? like funding secured it's going to 420 or something or 440 i never thought it was going to get to that mark let alone 700 so i will admit that i was wrong on that I, so, yeah i loved his tweet you know the screenshot of the stock price. look at the stock price it's so high yeah <laughs> and, and by yeah. the way um we uh, i i want to get as many of these stories in before we run out of time today so i'm going to move into the next thing right away but i do want to mention matt ward wrote in the comments you know it's bad when my company stops matching 401k contributions <laughs> yeah, I, I have several friends whose companies stop managing it. I have, I have at least one friend who his I, IT area and his company basically stopped doing 401k matching, stopped, uh, you know, the barista no longer comes to the office. Uh, yeah. Everybody at the company got a uh, 20% pay cut. You know, this is, you know, this is serious, even in, you know, the white collar job circles that doubt. I'm in. Without a doubt at all. By the way, guys, if you haven't already hit that like button on this video, it helps the algorithm and share it on social media, helps us get people in as we are very shadow banned. Also, those super chats go a very long way. So anyone that can help out with super chats, we really appreciate it. It's the only monetization we get here on YouTube. So uh, there's also many options in the description. Um, obviously, you can join our new newsletter at www.imbanned.com and put in your email and uh, sign up to get uh, updates from World Alternative Media because obviously we're not allowed to um, be seen here on, on good old YouTube. We got four dislikes, how dare they? Um, make sure to hit that like button, guys. Um, get it up to 200 by the end of the stream. And uh, again, really appreciate those super chats. They go along. Probably way, the so. people that are shorting Tesla right now. They're probably- Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But um, I do wanna go into the next articles and we'll take some questions from super chats uh, shortly. Um, but uh, I'm gonna bring up the next one from Zero Hedge here. As it says, um, and if we jump back, yeah, that's it. Um, Bank of Japan to launch unlimited QE, double corporate bond purchases. I wanted to quickly go into this with you guys. Um, your thoughts on Japan. Obviously, they've been in negative territory for quite some time. And now they're talking about launching unlimited QE. Obviously, they haven't shut down like many other countries, but they're also facing the global crisis like anyone else. I wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, this insanity. I mean, I think that they were already bought like 87% of the ETFs that were coming due. And this goes back to late 2014. And what's interesting, and I don't have the chart in front of me, but essentially 
the Federal Reserve, I almost said the government, U.S. government, but the Federal Reserve stopped printing money. It was like October 2014. As soon as they stopped printing money, like a couple of days later, Bank of Japan massively increases theirs. Then the ECB uh, start, pulls their program out of their bus. And the thing, what they did was, if you can take money out of thin air on a keyboard and print it up and then use that to then buy up the stock market, you are then, I mean, that is destroying capitalism. That is basically fascism. So, I mean, I remember one of the very first YouTube videos ever made back when I was going underneath the, the moniker libertarian advisor until I got pissed off at the libertarian party, uh, <laughs> actually all parties, uh, was why is Antifa people like not calling that out? Like why is Antifa not calling out? I mean, I know because they're too stupid to figure out to actually understand this stuff. No, but- the big problem is that the Fed's a private bank. That's the only problem with it, right? Yeah, right. That, <laughs> I'm sure they'll, they'll do very well, just like under the USSR, if they make it public. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's what's going on with uh, Japan? I mean, I I didn't uh, read this article because we just pulled it up right here. But I mean, I I see that there is a spot on here, and the article says there are simply not enough bonds available in the open market for the central bank to buy, and is also one of the reasons why Japan has been urged by various entities to boost its fiscal stimulus to provide the BOJ with helicopter money. Ammo is so desperately needs to keep the Japanese economy running. Now they've been going at this for like twenty years, and so they've never been able to pull the themselves out of it and and look at the social consequences you have more uh adult diapers being being sold in japan than you do children's diapers because none of the women and none of the men there want to have sex because they're all addicted to their video games they, they also don't want to what is going on right now what is this theory <laughs> this is like an alex jones uh conspiracy wait there so there's yeah. more adult diapers being sold than baby diapers because people are playing video games because they don't want to well have because sex. because there's because you because you have an aging population so it has nothing oh, okay. to do with the video no it's, okay. it's a demographic <laughs> no it's a demographic issue but this all goes back to over tw- i'm not joking about this it goes back to over 20 right. years right no no is- it's horrible because they sorry go on <laughs> yeah no i know i wasn't trying to be like that like it's an actual just thing because their yeah. social and economic policies have made it so that way people so by trying to do everything they can to keep the asset prices up well then the younger generations then can't afford the houses because they did they did things to, to socially engineer people to keep those prices high what they need to do at least in america is let the free market step in have the house prices go down by 70 percent, and then now the other generations can then come in buy the houses from the boomers and it's not our like, there, there's nothing that's set in stone saying that housing prices has to be x but what they want to do is they want to then lower interest rates then which now you need like 20 percent down payments according to some banks because a lot of the banks only want to lend only right. to government backed uh you know like they're all these loans that they're giving out and so it's it's so what is going to happen here is i mean look in america i mean our in order to keep the keep the population basically static i mean not counting like immigrants and all that sort of stuff you need to have every woman in the country would have to have 2.1 children uh to account for you know children dying and things like that but right. so so we're i don't know what it is now but i mean it's it's definitely below 2.1 it's like 1.9 or something italy's mm-hmm. like one i mean there's not going to be any more italians in 50 years at the rate they're going uh you know that sounds hyperbolic too but yeah that's at the exact rate they're going but that's what's going on in, I mean, now obviously it's all japanese in japan so there'll still be japanese there uh but but the rate, but this is all, but this is all being, you know, socially engineered to right. create these problems. And that's why you don't have, even in America, I mean, I think right now you have like record low, uh, you know, amount of women having children, you know, at per capita. And this is before all this stuff was kicking off. And so I expect that to probably continue because they can't afford to have kids. But then the people that, then some people are incentivized to have kids because 
the really poor people are, which now is more and more people, they end up getting money and freebie to have kids. And then it's like the people that are middle-class making 60 to $90,000 a year married. They're the ones who can't afford to have kids. And so it, it's just, you know, everything's been right. social engineered and screwed up by the government. And, and by the way, I'm going to get to all the super chats right away. I really appreciate it. Um, Chris, what do you think of uh, the massive amount of QE just in general? I mean, we're seeing that across the board, just massive quantitative easing. Well, I mean, even in even in Japan, like even 2018, Japan was the top 10 shareholder in 40% of Japan's listed companies. I mean, that's how much QE they've been doing. That's the direction we're going in America, where the Fed will become the majority shareholder in a vast number of these publicly traded companies. And what what is that? I mean, that's basically buying your way into fascism, right? I mean, that, that's what that is. And it's going to... I don't even know. I mean, I would have thought, you know, a decade ago that we'd have more inflation than we do now, more price inflation. And, you know, to an extent, the fact that we get so much stuff cheap from China and other third world countries has really mm -hmm. kept that from from us experiencing that inflation, where in reality, we should have had a bunch of price dropping due to those cheaper goods. Um, so it's been hiding the inflation. But still, even without that, I would have expected more inflation by now. But of course, all that really ended up in the markets. And that's what's going to happen for a while until we... <laughs> Thanks for finding that article. That's um that's, several that's an articles, awesome yeah. image. That was an image. Yes. That was a great image. <laughs> a dancing woman in a diaper. I'm sure uh, there's a few people out there that might like that. Uh, but um, yeah, this well, that's absolutely uh, insane. Sorry, go on. Chris. Oh yeah, it, it's going to get insane. I mean, we are really at the start of this. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the the recent graph of the uh, Fed balance sheet, how we're up well over six trillion dollars now, and I'm sure Tim has that handy somewhere. Um, I actually, actually, I went to another article just trying to find another one, and it's more people dancing around in adult diapers. It's yeah. like every, it's like every. I'm sure there's something in the community guidelines here. <laughs> so, so I, can I can I find just a regular article that doesn't have people <laughs> dancing around? That's, so no, this is the crap I'm looking up instead. Sorry. No, that's okay. But that's. <laughs> that, that, but that's you know, how things are going. I mean, we have the demographic issues. We've talked about the demographic bombs at a few times yeah. where we just aren't having enough kids. And it's the culture of, no, the, the women have to work. And, and frankly, if women are working, it's really hard to raise kids and have a family. I mean, that's just how right. it is. And that's why you have the calls for all, you know, one year guaranteed paid leave. And that's when right. you get high levels of unemployment that have been chronic in Europe for a decade now. And right. it's going to go... There's a whole lot of unsustainable paths. I don't know which one is going to get us first. And and honestly, that was one of the greatest signs of uh, inflation. I've, I've always believed it to be um, the the difference between men and women working, uh, men in the 60s, fathers of like four or five going out and working, uh, even sometimes part time, but whatever it might be with the inflation, they were paying for a whole household. They're living in a two story house. And uh, not always the case, but uh, very often the case. And then you fast forward to today and the government uh, at the time when women really started going into the workforce were admitting that they were just trying to create more tax cattle, nothing against women working, but this is a fact. And, and coming up into uh, more recent years, you see two parents working in places like San Francisco. This goes back to the housing issue and the auto issue and all that kind of stuff that we were talking about earlier. Um, the man and the woman both working two jobs and still living out of their cars in uh, places like San Francisco in many cases. And if, if that doesn't tell you a little bit about, uh, you know, not just market manipulation, but inflation, I don't know what will. 
Um, and we're going to go into the next story right away. I do want to give some shout outs to all these super chats. I really appreciate Chester Wolf. The Griffin sent $5 in the super chat. Says bravo. Well, thank you. Bravo to you, Chester. Thank you very much for that. Clifford Taylor sent uh, Canadian $2.79 in the super chat. Says thanks. Thank you for watching. We really appreciate those super chats. They go a very long way. Now, Tinkerbell sent uh, three super chats in a row of one pound each um, in the super chat. Thank you very much to you, Tinkerbell. We always appreciate your support and, and your, uh, your viewing our, our work here at WAM. It's, uh, it goes a long way. Um, and then Chester Wolf the Griffin sent another $10 in the Super Chat and says, TD Bank, one of the largest banks in the East Coast, is bankrupt. They're closing down all their branches overnight. Five branches in my area have suddenly closed. So is that due to um, coronavirus or is that due to like just the social distancing or are, I mean, these banks have been bankrupt for a long time, technically speaking, just based on the amount of cash that they're carrying. Um, but is is T uh, TD actually bankrupt, like officially speaking, closing down all these branches? Um, I'm, I'm looking it up as we speak here. And they're not definitely, seeing anything on that yet. But but um, we do see uh, them talking about they're going to start giving money to Canadians over. And there's COVID also lots of different stuff. subsidiaries of TD Bank. So there's, I mean, there's TD Bank, then there's TD, you know, Ameritrade, the American Investment Unit, then there's one in, in Canada and other countries. And so there are a lot of different subsidiaries of TD. So just want to. Well, I'm going to follow up on on this, uh, Chester. I really appreciate the info on that. You know, there's a lot we're not seeing in the news that's happening on the ground. I know here in Mexico. I'm seeing countless bank runs one after the other and no one's talking about it in the news and I'm trying to document it to the best of my ability we're talking lines around the block to take out money and uh, well, that, it's absolutely yeah. insane that's why they made all the banks in the US drive through only it's really hard to have a crazy bank run when they just shut the drive through yeah they'll just ticket you for being mm -hmm. parked illegally uh, and again uh, another shout out uh, to Let's see, we got, uh, sorry, the chat is bouncing around here. Uh, Desior sent $5 in the super chat. Thank you so much for that as well. Those go a very long way. Those are literally what's keeping WAM alive. So just so you guys know, you guys are the heartbeat of this independent media uh, operation here and what keeps it up and running so that we can combat the propaganda and indoctrination and nonsense that we see in the media. Um, so thank you so much for that. And uh, make sure to hit that like button if you haven't already. I'm going to get back to the Super Chat shortly. But first, I do want to um, jump to the next story here out of CNBC, which says, scary, visceral, unprecedented. Traders describe oil's wild week and fall to negative prices. And it'll come up on the screen. In yeah, just yeah, I was trying to here. find it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so yeah, th this is, we just witnessed one of the, it was the craziest week, I think ever, <laughs> it would be safe to say, in the oil markets. I mean, it, we fell at one point to four, negative $40. And we were talking about oil falling earlier this year. And everyone said, yeah, right, like it's ever going to hit $20. And here we are in the negatives. Um, what, have you, what, what do you guys think? Uh, talk about um, this insane week we've had in oil. I remember it was thirty dollars. Made a joke that it's, when he read an article saying it might be going to twenty, and then we made a joke saying, "Hey, twenty dollars is twenty dollars." And then I also made a joke, and I'm like, "Well, you know, you know, if it gets having too much supply, maybe they'll start paying you to take." And then I said it as a joke, and then uh, you know that's apparently what uh, ended up happening. Uh, but just like the economy. You can't just like turn on and off the, you know, one of these oil wells. I mean, so to go and shut down an oil well is a, you know, it could be a multi-million dollar, you know, thing. And then to keep turn it back on, could be the same deal. And so what is happening is these energy companies have took out a lot of high yield debt, their junk bonds. And now 
Trump is coming in there and, and actually making comments about, uh, you know, essentially nationalizing and taking equity stakes in these companies while they're also then having the Federal Reserve coming in and buying up exchange traded funds or ETFs or index funds that own uh, all this crap. I mean, literally, it's junk bonds. And so if you are taking on risk by investing into a junk bond and then that junk bond goes to zero, well, tough. You know what? I mean, you're investing in something risky. You know, do, well, I mean, should Bitcoin investors get bailed out who bought it at 20,000 and then when it go, went down to 3,200? I mean, you can make the case for anything. You bought something risky. Okay. Maybe you didn't know about it because you had a bad advisor. Okay. We'll fire that advisor and hire me. I mean, there's uh, lots of things people but can you can. Do. If you check the link below, thelibertyadvisor.com, guys, you could become a client of Tim's and he has an amazing track record. Just and just, and, and I also do want to point out that Chris is a client. So, I mean, in case, you know, there's, you know, so in case there is any, uh, you know, conflicts of interest. Just want to point that out as well. Um, but you and know, his but, house is on fire. And yeah, his house is on fire. Yes, but we thanks, did. thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, no, but we no, we we went to cash though on you like what like a day or two before the market. Oh, it, it was it was perfect. Like it could not have been more perfect because we've been talking about it for like a month, and I was going, "When's it going to be too late?" And then it went, and then Italy happened. I was like, "Woo!" <laughs> and you're sitting, you're sitting pretty at that point. So yeah, uh, it was. But yeah, but but you were already sitting pretty because we had put options, so I mean it wouldn't wouldn't have really matter. But in anyways, it was cool. But yeah, what's uh, I forgot to even what the even question? Is. Oh, so the oil. I mean, it's just like the economy. You can't just say, oh yeah, well we're just gonna have twenty six million people laid off, and then yep, don't worry, you know we're just gonna flip a button, and then all those jobs are gonna come back on. I mean, and so, but don't worry, you know we're we're taking care of the big fat oil companies. We're taking care of the big fat Wall Street people. We're making sure that the big Fortune five hundred companies that basically aren't even American companies anyways, or international yeah. globalist companies. Those, you guys are getting hooked up. Uh, Mom, Pav, you got a little, you know, your little shop. Uh, sorry, you know, go stand in line behind everybody else because the big banks are prioritizing, you know, the, uh, you know, guys that are worth like $50 million who shouldn't be getting these loans to begin with. Oh, and like places like Harvard. So, I mean, yeah, Harvard gets a loan uh, who has a $40 billion endowment. And, and I've been saying for years that Harvard is basically a hedge fund <laughs> that happens to have a school at it. And, you know, all these people, you know, who graduate from Harvard are, the ones who are basically effing everything up to begin with. I mean, I mean, Harvard and Shiva, he didn't talk about it with us, but I've heard him in the past basically refer to that whole entire area in like Massachusetts is basically like where the deep state all comes from. Like all and by places. the way, Dr. Shiva, we interviewed, uh, he was the in inventor of email. He has four degrees from MIT. I definitely uh, recommend people go check out our interview that we did about two weeks ago with uh, Dr. Shiva Ayaduri. Definitely uh, recommend it. I know we are actually kind of running out of time. So I'm trying to jump through these articles at the best of my ability. Uh, Sorry, Chris, if you had something to say on that, I'm going to just jump into the next thing right no, away. But go, first, go, I do want to I do want to um, give more shout outs because we are getting the Super Chats in. And Ben Aminov sent $1.99 in a Super Chat and says, what are your thoughts on a global debt jubilee? And now this is something that a lot of people have been asking lately. There was an interesting article that uh, Zero Hedge posted yesterday that I didn't send to Tim. But um, anyway, it was called A Real New Deal and uh, a Debt Jubilee or a Green New Deal and a Global Dictatorship. Uh, which I definitely recommend people Google that. Um, I'll put it in the chat. Uh, but uh, Chris, what do you think of a global debt jubilee at this point in time? What happened is if they were going to introduce a one world digital currency, mm. that's, that's what they would use to introduce that. Mm. That like, sounds like a global dictatorship. After, after you get your, uh, after you get your vaccine shot and can yeah, prove that. Yeah. Yes. Your ID you, you have to walk around with your antibody proof for COVID. You know, it might be in the shape of a 666 on your forehead. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Which is also like the Google logo if you actually break yes. it down. But uh, but it doesn't work so easily because what is Social Security backed by? Social Security is backed by a basically government yeah. debt 
back social security. So if you actually cancel it all out, I mean, your social security is backed by debt. And, you know, and I really don't feel bad for the people who are on it right now, because guess what? Uh, this was seen coming since before Josh and I were even born, you know, that this whole situation. And so the only way to pay social security is to rob from the generations uh, below you because it's a Ponzi scheme. So sorry, you voted in a bunch of people that were robbing money and have Ponzi schemes, but you know what I'm in favor of, you know, okay, great. Let's go, let's go figure out your present value. So let's say you're getting a thousand dollars a month. You're 75 years old life expectancy. Okay. Let's just maybe let's even increase. Let's say, okay, it's 87. The, your present value is, blah, 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 a million dollars. I think we wish you to solve it. It's just print everybody up their net present value, give it to them, get all the inflation at once, because guess what? It was the other generations that bestowed the inflation upon us by being idiots and allowing this whole thing to occur. I was in a public finance class in 2006, and we were talking about simple, and social security is about the least of our problems too. Medicare is a much, much, much bigger, much, much, much bigger problem. Uh, I mean, all these unfunded wars, everything are much bigger problems. And guess what? Your social security payments are not going to be worth anything in 10 years when, you know, okay, great. You get $25,000 a year. Well, that 25,000 isn't going to buy you anything because of all the inflation, but I, I'm in more in favor of, okay, great. Give everybody all your money right now. Get rid of social security have massive inflation right out of the gates. And those of us who are smart enough to invest into financial assets and, and stock or, you know, the right ones and Bitcoin and other, you know, assets that would go up in that environment, then that would right. go up. But, you know, it is a Ponzi scheme. And so you are stealing from me, stealing from everyone younger to then pay benefits that we know we're never going to get ourselves. So if they're like, oh, well, you can't just stop this contract. Well, I didn't sign any contract saying that I wanted to have money stolen from me by guys who were actual thieves who had never no intention of ever using that money anyways. And it's yeah. just all based on debt. It's now, um, Chester Wolf, the Griffin sent $5 in the super chat. So the branches are permanently closed. They have uh, for sale signs on them regarding TD in uh, Eastern Canada. I appreciate the, the information. I'm going to um, follow up with this. And if we can get uh, good info on it and a good breakdown of it, we'll uh, do a video in the next uh, short while um, on, on that for sure. TD Bank is obviously a, a big concern to a, a lot of people um, because a lot of people have money in it. And obviously it has been dealing with uh, general bankruptcy for some time now. Um, I want to jump to uh, the next article out of investing.com, which is Federal Reserve scraps trans uh, transfer limits on bank savings account. We're not gonna jump into that, but I wanted to um, mention the article up on the screen um, for the sake of the video, we're running out of time. So I want to uh, jump uh, from there into the next article, which says recession or depression length of global economic standstill likely to decide. And there's a picture of my hometown, Winnipeg, Canada in this article, a uh, very strange looking skyline. I might add. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. The human rights museum. That's, that's how it's defined is the length of it. Duh. Yeah, so I want to I want to um, ask you guys. Uh, yeah, the the length of, of it it's it's obvious. Um, at what point are we going to recognize that this is a global depression and not just a recession? I mean, the recession was put off since two thousand eight and tapered over. Yeah, I mean, recessions are officially happen when you have negative GDP growth for two quarters in a row. And since it kind of seems you might actually squeeze by with the first quarter in the U.S. at least, is with positive growth. Uh, according to the official numbers, and we might not technically be in a recession until the fall, but that doesn't really change the reality on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and I think everybody recognizes we're in at least a recession right now, or at least whatever we're in is as bad as any recession we've ever been in. Yeah, the other thing is that you have to also understand how they count 
what is a recession and what's a depression. So a recession is just defined as two negative quarters in a row of negative GDP. Well, what if you, what if Trump says, you know what, I want to go to war with Iran. I don't want to give him any ideas. You know what, we're going to go to a war with Iran and Venezuela. Venezuela next week. And okay, to do the show, we're going to spend seven and a half trillion dollars. Well, now to do that. Okay, so now we spent seven and a half trillion dollars. So now the GDP could be positive, even though it's going to all negative stuff. And so then the other way that it's rigged is that let's say the inflation rates really six or seven, which right now it probably even isn't, but other times over the past 10 years that you bet your butt it definitely was. So let's say the inflation rate six, they say it's two GDP growth is growing at four. So what they do is they take the four minus the two and say the GDP is growing at two. Uh, whereas in actuality, if the inflation was six, you would take the four minus the six and the GDP would be negative two. And so that's like, that's how they rig the numbers. And if you want to you know, get the full picture on that, uh, if you guys text that number, uh, wham, the number is 71441. I have my free ebook uh, as well as a bunch of other goodies in there. But, you know, if you already know this stuff, great. Give it to your friends and family. Uh, I wrote it to dispel all the crap going on with Obama. And now this whole entire book could be used to dispel all the crap going on underneath Trump. So it gets great dual usage, unfortunately, because I wish Trump didn't go down this path. But it was too easy. It was too tempting to take, you know, all these big S&P 500 Dow Jones gains and say it's the greatest economy ever when all that was predicated off stock buybacks, BS, and more cheap money, and all the same crap that was right. going on underneath the uh, Bozo over there. And, and if we if we bring up the full article, we're not going to go into it any longer, but I want to go into, I just want to mention the um, headline here from The Motley Fool. It says 70% of investors believe uh, COVID-19 recession will be worse than 2008, but here's a silver lining. And the article basically said, it's not all bad news. At least stocks are cheap right now. And it's like, uh, if, if that's your silver lining, I honestly, I... I, I don't know. People don't seem to learn from um, their mistakes. So, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, how cheap is it going to be when the companies aren't earning any money and you still have valuations that are basically where they're at? I mean, I don't know. I don't have the graph in front of me, but I mean, a twenty-four thousand Dow is still not that cheap. I mean, that's where we were probably right. there in like September or something. I'm not looking at the graph, but you know, we we're probably there in September. But now, except the difference is the companies aren't earning any money. So you're going to see from an earnings per PE standpoint, uh, price of earnings is probably going to be through the roof especially on a forward 12 month basis. So I don't know what they're talking about. I mean, it's a good thing they're called the fool.com because they're looking, uh, they're making themselves out to be fools. But uh, yeah. Did, well, did you, um, did you yeah, see that article? There's... Sorry, did you see that article talking about, I think it was GE that have spent mm-hmm. more money on stock buybacks over the last decade than the current valuation of their company? <laughs> No, but yeah. I did see that what they spent like forty six billion dollars in star. No, that was the airlines. That was the airlines. Yep. But they, yeah, that was the airlines. But they, uh, no, it was. I think it was an average share price of like forty six dollars, and now the stock. I don't know what it is now. But, uh, what is it like six or something? I, I yeah, something stupid. Yeah. And by the way, Jennifer, Michelle, we'll, uh, in future videos, we're going to get further into the World Health Organization as we have it in the last while. I see your comment there. Um, lots of people tuning in. And I really appreciate everyone uh, commenting and sending those super chats and hitting that like button. We got one more article that I'm going to quickly go through because we are coming up on the very end of the show here. As it says from CoinSpeaker, um, CoinSpeaker.com, um, the article says Bitcoin price may reach $1 million, <laughs> believes billionaire early Bitcoin investor Chamath Palihap. Patia, Palihapitiya. I knew I was going to fail that. Uh, but so he's a pretty big name in the investment world. And obviously, uh, it's been this story has been going around everywhere from many of the top uh, crypto publishers out there regarding um, Bitcoin by about, about the year 2025. 
hitting $1 million per Bitcoin, though, we have to also account for inflation. So that could honestly happen regardless of, of the actual value of yeah. Bitcoin versus everything. But yeah, sure. Yeah. Bitcoin could get to a million dollars and eggs could be a million dollars. I mean, you know, yeah, sure. I think at this point, you know, because I'm a firm believer in hyperinflation eventually being a thing in the US one way or another that, yeah, Bitcoin will eventually go up. The question is, will it outpace inflation of other things or not? Mm-hmm, right. But um, you know, I personally like, okay, uh, backing up, like, I work, I've worked in crypto, you know, the little child you saw on my lap there a few minutes ago was found out we were pregnant with her the day I quit my job to work in crypto full time back in 2018. And I'm a big believer in crypto. That being said, this is the first time crypto has been tested in the same way gold has been tested over and over again. This is the first crypto recession. And right. I fully expect that we will see new lows in crypto before we get to new highs, but that will be the test is if crypto can outpace the recovery and the inflation. I you still think we're going to be seeing new lows? I mean, after all is said and done, I mean, it's obviously following the stock market, but it seems like inflation or, uh, you know, the value, value of the US dollar has a lot to say about that as well. Yeah. And the dollar is maintained, has been pretty strong. And I think if we get to new lows in the stock market, we're still going to see liquidity squeezes and we're going to see new lows in gold, in silver, and in crypto. I believe now hmm. in paper, gold and silver, if you know, if you were, at, if you've tried to buy gold or silver at any point in the last couple of months, you realize that the actual price to get some in your hand is dollars different from what the price is right now, as far as the futures market goes. And that could get interesting because potentially we could get into a situation with gold or silver where the, we get a future uh, delivery squeeze the similar way we had with oil, only the other way around, where people want to get delivery of their gold or silver, but nobody has it to give to them. So we're going to see the price go up right before the future is closed. But that's a whole other story. But yeah, I, I, I believe if we do see another liquidity squeeze, meaning people need dollars, that we will see new lows in these hard assets like gold, silver, and crypto. I believe that uh, crypto in general will be able to recover, find new highs, and really will co- really come into its own in this upcoming recovery. But that is a belief that is untested. Well, you know, in the grand scheme of things, whether it goes to 2000 and then a million or whether it goes from where we're now 7500 to, uh, which, yeah, I do have the price of Bitcoin always actually <laughs> down on my desk over here. So whether or not whether or not it goes to 2000, then goes to a million or goes to obviously all hypothetical past performance, no indication, future returns, blah, 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 blah. Uh, or whether it stays at 7,500 and then goes to a million is really irrelevant if you're a longer term investor or hodler, or whether it goes from here to a hundred thousand or whether it goes or from- whether you're using it as a currency or whether you're using it as a well as wealth insurance or whatever it might be, which honestly, I don't think this is a good time to be using crypto as wealth insurance, but nonetheless. Yeah. And I did, and I did point out uh, after my Anarcho Poco talk, I then was on stage for an all speaker Q and a February 11th. And I said during, and, and I was lucky I didn't have, you know, tomatoes or eggs thrown at me and the audience, because someone asked, what do you expect to happen to the dollar and Bitcoin during a crisis. And I go, during the initial stages, you'll probably see Bitcoin go down 50 to 80%. And this is in an anarchist conference. It would, everybody loves Bitcoin. They're obviously in crypto there. And, I, and I'm a fan too. And so that ended up being, you know, what happened. It's a risk asset. And also the powers that be, it is very easy to manipulate Bitcoin. It does not take a very large sell order to then all of a sudden, you know, monkey hammer that thing all the way down. So, you know, Chris could be right because it doesn't take a whole lot to, to do that. So 
I mean, same thing in the paper gold market, paper silver market. You know, these are very, very tiny markets compared to the over. I mean, the, the biggest market out there is actually the, uh, I mean, not counting derivatives would be the, uh, you know, the corporate bond market is huge, mm -hmm. uh, huge. Uh, and so for me, I mean, one way to help, I and mean, we've seen a lot of people talking about 401k matches and the such, well, you could actually have Bitcoin inside of a Roth IRA, obviously not saying you could put everything in there and you could do that. And I know a guy that could do that for you where you hold the private keys. And so that way they can't confiscate your 401k because if they do, you'd have to give up your private key, which you have. And libertyadvisor.com. And the thing is, I want, I am pimping this now because I want people to do it now and not when Bitcoin's, you know, potentially at a hundred thousand or a million or 20,000 or 15,000, because if you do it in a Roth, it's all tax-free gains. Obviously it's for, you know, US-based people. Uh, and so people, there's different decisions people can make and there's ways to do it. And then if it does go to a million and you didn't do it that way, then I have trust strategies where you can, you know, set up different types of charitable trust to them for every million dollars you make, you would be saving at least $238,000 in capital gains. And so that's how my initial foray into this was trying to convince people to sell at 18, 20,000. Uh, and you know, I was on uh, Jeff Berwick's Anarchast January 3rd, 2018, trying to convince people to sell. And basically everybody, I mean, Jeff wasn't laughing at me, but everybody else there uh, was basically like, you know, what an idiot, you know, who would sell Bitcoin at 18,000 that's going to a million? Well, it's not because I didn't like it. It's because I knew that it was in a mania and like all manias, eventually that mania is going to die down. And, but who knows? It was a crazy mania. Maybe it could have kept going up to 50,000, 100,000. And, yeah. and, and obviously, I, I really hope that you're both very wrong, um, but you very well could be right. And I'm not going to argue because obviously, um, they, well, Tim uh, called it at Anarchapalco this year pretty well, too, regarding the fall of Bitcoin in the stock market. But obviously, there are, there's a lot of, look, it, this isn't a black and white issue. And we do have some people commenting and uh, people, are, people are saying things like, uh, well, if the grid goes down, all that kind of stuff. I'm so tired of that argument. Um, we've gone into that with Colin Cantrell recently on our show as well. Uh, let, look, I, I'm not going to go into that again, but that was a great, a, that was a great show too. Like if people right. want to go, didn't see that, want to go back the show we did with Colin Cantrell, I mean, probably one of the smartest guys on earth, at least like in my opinion, Oh yeah, it's very undervalued. it hurts my head talking to him, but he's a really enjoyable guest. Um, and uh, we're going to be wrapping it up right away. Uh, I really appreciate everyone that hits a like button on this video. Um, there's many arguments that we can have regarding the crypto uh, universe. It would be good to get a show going with a bunch of people on both sides of the argument and both sides of the pro crypto argument as well as both sides of the anti crypto argument, because there's more than just I, I'm for it or I'm against it. There's a lot to be said there. There's a lot to go into there. And uh, by the way, we did have a comment. I forget who wrote it. I apologize someone was um talking about uh what about silver uh, i'm interviewing david morgan um in the next week and i hope you guys watch that show as well because um we are going to go into silver in the current market and break that down in probably a 30 to hour long uh video so i really hope you guys tune in for that uh stay tuned make sure to hit the notification this, this, bell this is gonna be my, my next backdrop i'm just gonna have this one the everything is awesome <laughs> uh but uh make sure to hit that notification bell if you haven't already guys um, um, it, it helps us notify you, even though YouTube usually doesn't send out the notifications. Anyway, it might help one in 10 people um, actually see that we're um, we're doing videos. So I really uh, appreciate everyone that's tuning in today, hitting that like button, checking those links below. There's many options. Go find me, Patreon, Subscribestar to keep us alive here at World Alternative Media. Just a dollar or more a month can keep us up and running. Just a dollar, guys. Uh, the, less than the price of a coffee uh, with inflation these days. Uh, <laughs> if you go to Starbucks, you're paying $7 for a coffee. So hey, a dollar or more a month
Um, we need is, now. Um, now we need like the Sarah McLaughlin music with like the kids. Like we can help. We can help a child in Mexico. Help a child in Mexico. The for, arms of an angel. I am. I say. am in Mexico, and I. You know, it's very cheap out here, but obviously <laughs> everyone's out of work, and it's an unfortunate situation for all of us. But hey, stay safe out there. Be self-sufficient, responsible, and own yourself, my friends. Uh, as always. Um, Again, you can join our new newsletter at www.iamband.com. We have a Cointree account that everyone should check out as well. Naomi Brockwell cracked the whip on me and made me join. And honestly, it's pretty good. You can donate in Monero if you're scared of uh, being caught giving uh, extremists like me money. I, I lost all my Monero on a boating accident. So. Uh, yeah, we'll see. That fluffy pony had the same issue. It's uh, better it's a better problem. than a voting better than a voting accident. I'm starting to see a trend here that people who own Monero can't hold their phone in their hand and it goes overboard into the ocean um one day in the future when the ocean dries up some people are going to be very rich with monero um anyway i really appreciate everyone uh joining us and before we close it off chris let everyone know where they can find more of your work and support the work that you do Oh, follow me at uh, Twitter at Zaphoid at Z-A-P-H-O-I-D. I have talked a little bit about crypto and I am part of a couple of crypto projects. Uh, the first one I'm in is SmartCash at SmartCash.cc. And that's a cryptocurrency that's focused on easy, cheap, quick transactions. We were the uh, most used cryptocurrency at Anarchopolco last year. Um, and it's, it's quite easy to use us. And then there's a Bitcoin Confidential, speaking of private transactions focused on 100% private blockchain from block zero. So check us out. Absolutely. And I always appreciate you joining us. Your insights are very valuable for uh, our audience, uh, especially in these crazy times. We need to find the best ways to break down these crazy issues. And um, it takes crazy people like us to do that. Um, and Tim, uh, as we close it off, uh, let everyone know where they can uh, find you. Speaking of crazy people, Tim, where can people, where can people find you? Of course. Uh, you know, I've been commenting a lot in the chat. If you guys want to you know, check out my uh, YouTube channel, I'll be really appreciative of that. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of stuff I do is with Josh anyways. But yeah, if you guys check it out over here, I've got 2,000 subscribers. Let's try to get that up to 2,500. And I really recommend you guys check out this one. I was, I was trolling Peter Schiff with that. And then- uh, You can I tell also, he's very humble. Yep. And then also <laughs> the We Are All Slaves to Central Bankers was, was a video I made in 2016. Uh, talking about basically what a scam the Federal Reserve is and using a whiteboard and really highly recommend that uh, because almost everything in that video came true. I mean, uh, that video could have been made yesterday and it'll be, still be relevant. So highly, highly recommend that one. And of course, you could become a client of Tim Pachotes at thelibertyadvisor.com. All linked below. Check that description, my friends. Uh, many things in there for you guys to um, get involved and help out keep independent media alive. Um, anyway, I really appreciate everyone joining us. Hit that like button one last time. I'm saying it, hit that like button. It helps. It helps the algorithm, especially after we are finished this live stream. I appreciate everyone tuning in. And until next time, this is Josh Sigerton and Tim Pachote and Chris Karabat signing out from World Alternative Media. Find the truth, be the change. <laughs>